This is Doug from Cohill, and you're listening to As the Story Grows. Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Ryan Patton. This week, Doug Heiser, the musical brains behind Cohill, joins the podcast. Cohill released a volume one, maybe next week, back in September. Doug gives us a deep dive on the conversations and process that led to Cohill and the collaborative nature of the project, as well as working with the Hidden Bands app for a fresh way to release new music. Doug is trying something new musically, and I always appreciate talking to an artist with a unique perspective on how to create and release music. So I hope you guys enjoy getting to know Doug Heiser from Cohill. Yeah, I was uh, born and raised in Canada. Um, lived there pretty much up until, or I lived there until uh, I was 13. And then my parents moved us down to the States in uh, Connecticut. Okay. Um, and so we did, uh, we were in Connecticut for four years. So I did high school in uh, a town called Ridgefield. And then I went to university in um, a small school called Iona College, which is in New Rochelle, just outside New York City. Um, and then by the time I graduated, my parents had relocated back to Toronto, um, and I was too lazy to find a job. So literally one day with my lease left, I had to call my dad and it's like, uh, can you come get me in all my things and take me back <laughs> to Canada? <laughs> and he showed up the next day and, uh, packed and I went back to Canada and I've been here for, uh, I don't know, eight, nine years or something yeah. now since, uh, since I was in the States last. Mm-hmm. That's, that's rad. What brought your parents stateside? Uh, work. So my mom work. worked for like a, a big, like multi, multi-billion dollar company. And, uh, uh she got a promotion and the, the head office was in, um, Somers, New York, um, which I get is near white plains, New York, if, uh, you need a bigger marker. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's why we moved down. And then by the, a few, or I guess seven years later, uh, she left that company and took a new job back up in uh, Toronto. Um, and so they, they left me for a year to fend for myself while I was in university and yeah. And then, uh, I, I came back myself. That's awesome. That's awesome. Were there like markedly different differences that you noticed between at that point, like from Canada to the States outside the uh, currency and not using the metric system yeah. and <laughs> shit like that? Yeah. So I, I th- there was pretty big differences in the sense that I came from Toronto. So like a bit like which is basically the same size as like a city like Chicago for you guys. So big, diverse, multicultural city. And um, where we moved was like white picket fence, suburbia, um, Connecticut. So like um, it was like a very white, like isolated community. So for me, it was not necessarily just like the culture shock of being in a different country, but getting into that small town rural or not rural, but like 
that isolated vibe where there's kind of their own little microcosm of like their own little world. And that's what I think was the biggest gap for me. But like, once I went to like New Rochelle, which is, was a bit more of an urban area just outside New York city, that's where I started to be like, okay, there is a, a bit of a different vibe out in the States where I was kind of yeah. like isolated up in like that small town, which I think was only like 20, 22,000 people yeah. um, in that, in that small town. Um, but yeah, so it, I don't know if it was necessarily um, country differences, but more so just that big city vibe to go yeah. into that small suburbia town. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. What got you into music? Um, I, I think there's a, a few different ways I can answer that. There's, there's a way as like a listener, which I think anyone in my, so I, I I'm a 91. So I think the most common answer for people in my age is like Tony Hawk's pro skater. So I think that like the Tony Hawk's pro skater games were a big gateway, um, for a lot of people my age to get into like, Oh, this isn't what I hear on the radio, but this is really <laughs> cool. Like this is like something different. This is something edgier. Um, so I think that's, that's a bit of like a, a cop-out answer. Um, but then from, from there, like, that's kind of what made me aware of like this alternative guitar, guitar driven music, uh, versus what I was hearing on the radio. Um, but up in Canada, we have this stage or this TV channel called, um, basically our MTV counterpart to you. Much music. Called, but, yeah. Much music. Yeah. 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 Uh, a satellite TV. Yeah. We watched a lot of much music. It was great. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it was a pretty good format. Um, and obviously now it's gone the way of like MTV where it's, there's no music element to it at this point. Um, which I think they're trying to change. They're trying to bring it back to some of those old roots that were, uh, some of those host formats that were big in the two thousands, nineties, they're trying to bring it back, I think. But, um, I, I remember like hearing, on the like the music video rotational channels they had going like um lincoln parks like somewhere i belong mm -hmm. and like i remember watching that at like my grandma's house just like flipping through the channels and being like what is this music and like that that i think was like the real catapult to get me into like bands and actually following like who's releasing music what what's going on in, in the form of a scene um and then what actually got me into like playing music was actually kind of going to summer camp so um, I was big, uh, like a, a big summer camp kid and, um, all like my favorite counselors were big into playing acoustic guitar. Like they'd play at campfires. <laughs> they were like the entertainment. They're kind of like, for lack of a better, they're like the rock stars of the camp. Like they're the cool ones that everyone liked and was into. And so that really made me interested in picking up an instrument. So funny enough, going back to the story of moving to the States, I was super against moving to the States at that time. Cause I was, yeah. I was 13 leaving middle school going into high school like big pivotal year so uh, i had a, a like a terms and conditions list to my parents of what they had to get me in order to kind of make me happy and <laughs> not a brooding teenager and a, a big one was i needed a guitar and guitar lessons <laughs> um and so uh that was a real catalyst of what actually got me into an instrument was moving um yeah funny enough uh and then what more so got me into like a music industry side of it all was um when i was in uh taking my lessons my teacher owned or was starting up a studio uh, a recording studio not too far away and in high school i needed to uh do an internship project um and so i asked to intern at his studio um so that kind of got me into the a bit of a music business side of things where i was um working with artists recording artists being just kind of like an assistant nice. engineer around the place um uh and that's uh, helped me get into a bit more of a behind the curtain type look at it. 
That's awesome. Did you have a preference one or the others, whether you liked uh, playing or like that recording production side, or was it just kind of hand in hand, all, all you could eat, right? Like, um, it definitely started as more of an interest in like the playing side. Cause like I had a band in high school and like, we would play like being like 15, 16, like we had rehearsed for literally eight hours on a Saturday or a Sunday, <laughs> like nonstop. It was like a way to hang out. And so super into the, the playing side. But then once I got into um, the studio, it, like it was a lot more seeing like the, the way like you can make music and actually build it from scratch and make uh, the idea of a song to an actual recording really interested me. And so um, I really got into like, I, I probably developed a bigger passion for the recording side of it. But then unfortunately, like once I moved, I didn't really have access to that kind of studio network. Once I moved back to Toronto and kind of got out of it a bit and uh, fell back more into the performing um, and instrumental side of it. Yeah. <clears throat> That's cool. You have band in high school. Like I assume you, what'd you go to college for? Was it music production stuff or something completely unrelated? No, it wasn't. So <laughs> uh, coming from a parent that was like into like a big like company, it was, I went to, I kind of followed the footsteps and went into finance. So um, I went uh, to a business degree, got my bachelor's in finance and um, never really followed the footsteps of going into like a financial company or anything. And now uh, my day job is like corporate sales. So <laughs> selling to people. <laughs> It's wise, much wiser than those of us who went to music production and heard Oh man, I, I mean, if I, if I had my choice, if I had my choice and uh, and everything, but you know, like when uh, when mom and dad are cutting the check to yeah, the yeah. university, you gotta you gotta also appease the uh, the hand that feeds, right? So yeah, believe me, if it was my way, I probably would have gone into some sort of art production or something adjacent like that because uh, that was like my passion and, and everything and probably would have tried to pursue that harder, but nothing wrong with a business degree at the end of the day. I mean, every, every company, no matter what you do is needs to make money and, and everything. What led to uh, this project, Co-Hill, and, and kind of a more collaborative, solo music-produced effort as opposed to a traditional band setting? What led to that? Uh, yeah, so funny, or not necessarily funny enough, but like <laughs> it was really driven by like COVID. Uh, um, so um, before COVID, I was kind of playing in what I would describe as like a, a bar band. Like um, we were kind of like a cover original band so we'd kind of mix up our sets and um once once COVID hit um i really kind of lost that musical outlet that i had with mm -hmm. like my bar band that i was playing in and um so once everything kind of got shut down and there were, you couldn't really leave your house at that time no one really knew what was going on how deadly this thing was um i kind of just threw myself into songwriting i was i just got 
Uh, I just grab my guitar, post up at my my desk um, for hours, and just kind of write and write and write. Um, and I I downloaded Logic and, and some other like uh, re- recording interface, uh, like plugin type things to kind of piece together some some song ideas and demos. And um, as the writing progressed, it I really got interested in um, and passionate about the stuff I was writing. And um, I had a friend who's a uh, a producer and as the restrictions started lifting, um, I reached out to him and said, Hey, like, uh, past few months, I kind of wrote a bunch of songs and am really into what I've done. I'd like to start just kind of by recording the instrumentals and, and getting those ideas solidified. Um, and once we, we started demoing everything out, he kind of posed the question. He's like, so, so what do you want to do with this? Like, uh, like these songs are cool and all, but obviously you don't just want them to sit on a hard drive for, for years and years and years and do nothing with them. And, um, it was kind of when he, once he posed that question, I was really like, okay, what do I do? Do I, do I go the route of like finding other band members to, to record and do we perform? Um, and I, I really had the idea just kind of given where I am in life, like, um, I'm 30, like, uh, I've got a stable job. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to be the guy that's like holding others back. Like if I started a project, like if, if I started people that are like wanting to tour the world and, and grind, 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 I don't want to be the guy that's like, well, sorry guys, we, we can't do that. Cause I've got a big job. I've got a family. I've got everything to, to come home to. So we can't do that. So I was like, I'm totally cool if this exists online, just as a, a listening experience for people. Um, and you know, what might make it really cool and add another layer of interest is if I got a different singer to perform on each track. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I kind of described it to people is like, what if there was like an alt scene version of like a DJ Khaled type, yeah. Khaled type project. And that's kind of like how I like teed it up to the, the vocalists that I reached out to. Um, and yeah, that, that's, that's really how it started. It was just like, and I called it my COVID project. Did farming it out dif- have different vocalists perform on it and and have that like DJ Khaled like of the scene mindset like free you up musically to like each track could be a little different where you didn't feel stuck in a specific genre because like somebody's going to bring their own spin to this vocally that will fit this so it doesn't all have to sound like X band or X project like yeah uh, so I mean even from an instrumental standpoint not just vocally like there is the way I did kind of describe it is like, it, it's kind of rooted in like the post hardcore, like mm-hmm. early 2000s vibe, a bit more of a modern take on it. Um, but yeah. some of it does have a bit more of like a metalcore influence on it. Like uh, one of the tracks that was like um, the vocalist from Saving Vice, Tyler, yeah. like that's a very like metalcore, silver scene bare toothy type song. Um, and then the first track I released, uh, Deadweight with uh, the vocalist from Tiger Wine, that's got like a under oath meets 
30 seconds to Mars vibe um, in it. But, but like you said, with the different vocalists, they add so many different layers um, by bringing their influence that it, when my, my idea was sitting over here, then the second they get onto it, now it's over in a whole new lane with, with whatever influence and ideas they brought into it. Um, so from an instrumental and writer perspective, it was really cool for me to see how these demos and these uh, songs went to whole new levels once other people were able to put their ideas and influences onto the song. And where I thought I was hearing melodies and how I kind of envisioned a vocalist to put onto it. And once I got the vocal takes back, I was blown away by what everyone did. Like it was like something I couldn't even comprehend or envision. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first track warning when I hit play, it reminded me of both like under oaths last record and like kind mm -hmm. of the chasing safety vibe. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is really cool. I dig it. And like the way the songs change, but it, yeah, I mean, it, it has a very familiar feel to it without like being like a one note record, which is cool. Yeah. And the, the other cool thing about that with like kind of having different vibes that I found or the thing that I appreciate is it, right now it's five songs and every person you talk to, who's got like a different, um, different favorite genre, different favorite artist, everyone has a different favorite song because of the, the different ways they lean, the different ways yeah. vocals go. Um, so that's kind of nice as like, um, uh, from a musician aspect, it's not like I put, put out, I'm putting out five tracks and there's just one song that stands out. It's, everyone I talked to has got a different, different track that they're vibing with. And, yeah. um, which is really cool that everyone's appreciating the whole, uh, aspect of it. Yeah. Where'd you come up with that name? Toe Hill. <laughs> well, as, as you know, like names are like probably the hardest thing to come up with yeah. an artist, like, like how many bands come out each year and everyone wants a different name. And some people now have to add like UK or us to the end of their name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because everything's pretty much taken. And so, uh, once I got to that position of, okay, what, what do I actually call this and how do I make it so that it, it sounds that it fits within this alternative scene genre and how do I find something that's not taken? Um, so I just kind of started putting together a short list and bouncing ideas off people. And one of the names on the list was Co Hill. And where that actually comes from is that's um, the street I live on. So I live on a street called Co Hill Drive. Nice. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so it kind of it's kind of cool from a few aspects, right? It's it's super. It actually means something because that's that's where I live. Um, B, it's this is where I was stuck. This is my COVID project. This is where I was stuck during COVID. Yeah. So it's kind of very fitting in that aspect. And it's this is the, this is the basement where I wrote all the songs on, right? So um, it, it's kind of it's got a few like layers to it by selecting that name. Um, and then from there, like one of the things I was debating on is do I just call it Cohill or do I call it Cohill Drive? And the producer I was working with, he's like, that's just super pop punk if you do that. And kind of doesn't right. <laughs> doesn't communicate the right sound, even though you're kind of in that space. It's that that just sounds like you're about to play like power chords and and kind of bounce riff, bouncy chord riffs type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I just uh, I dropped the drive and kept it as Co Hill. That was, that was wise. It was a good producer. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, Co Hill Drive works, but yeah, it definitely it does. It does, it does immediately. Work. Where I was like, yeah, I know what kind of band that is, and that's not what this record is. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of bands in that, especially that pop, like super pop punk space, 
um, that they are like road names and stuff. They've, they've got either like Avenue or drive or like road and, and everything. So I was like, you know, what? I'll just, I'll just drop the, uh, drop the road pre prefix and, and keep it on, uh, just the title. How'd you get connected with Blackgate Records? Um, so that's actually a friend's uh, label, okay. and uh, uh, the friend that was mastering the the uh, the EP. Once I started sending him the singles, the first three singles, um, he was super into it uh, to the, the point that he wanted to, to release it and and sign me to his label. Um, so that, that's really how I got connected was just through. Um, needing work done from a production standpoint and um them vibing with what i was doing that's awesome that's awesome for the release of this record you're uh working with uh hidden bands app you talk about that uh yeah so it's i, I hope i can describe it like <laughs> as well so the way so they reached out to me um just through a uh, music networking group that i'm in on uh, facebook i was kind of like posting uh to some groups like for pre-save links and everything and the person that created this app reached out to me saying hey we're relaunching our app um the best way to describe it is it it's like it takes music discovery in this the rock alternative scene is what they focus on and it incorporates the the augmented reality thing that like pokemon go is so mm. there's an element so, so you you need to walk to destinations and to, to like uncover what they call as tapes yeah. um and and by going to different geo locations you uncover unreleased songs so as we're talking now my the, the song warning is unreleased and that's the song that's queued up with their app um so users of the app are able to hit different geo locations and uncover the song um but for the first two weeks they're not able to see who the artist is because it's oh. unreleased um so i they are able to like click if they like it or click if they don't like it and then this friday um on september 10th once the song goes public and live and on all the channels i, I believe they get some sort of like notification that says hey uh this song this is a song warning by cohill featuring uh devil in the details um this is you you said you like the song it's now live on spotify apple music blah 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 um so that's my terrible description of it um it sounds pretty cool yeah um and it, it's a really new app they just rebranded uh they had an older name um i can't remember what it's called now as we talk um but yeah that that, that uh it seemed seemed like a really cool idea and I, I jumped on board once they reached out about it that's awesome how'd you go about uh choosing who you wanted to work with to do vocals on each of the different songs yeah, that one was a, a bit of a fun and also challenging process at the same time. So um, I really, I wanted to work with people that were in a stat, like somewhat established bands. Um, 
that kind of had a bit bit of a following um, that I could use as features and, and kind of build some hype and notoriety around it. Um, so as the the demos started shaping up, um, and it was kind of a clear kind of what lane they sat, and I started building short lists of um, who I felt would be achievable, like reasonable and realistic to reach out to and um, contact about uh, features. So. Um, I just started reaching out to people through Facebook Messenger. Um, and I just say, hey, like I had a bit of a spiel. I said, hey, like my name's Doug, working on this project during COVID. Um, got a song that I think your vocal would be perfect on and would send them the Dropbox link. And some people left me on red. Some people said they were excited and then just ghosted me. Um, but then, <laughs> so was, yeah, there's there a bit of a process through each song, but. Um, uh, uh a few like so for example like tyler um uh from saving vice i had a mutual friend between him um uh, who i was showing the demos to and he's like hey man like i know you're, you're you're you may have someone in mind already but i think this guy tyler my friend uh in this band saving vice would be perfect for it so he made the connection to me and him um and so like that's how that one came about um and same with devil in the details uh sean um same mutual friend he uh he connected the two of us um and then uh one of the, the, the other song one of the other songs one year later um the producer who worked on the album uh kyle he he knew the singer in in case we crash who's the main vocalist and then the bridge vocalist who does the aggressive vocal is the singer in his band uh so he kind of made those connections and then reaching out to tiger wine hayden I just sh sh hit him up on Facebook. Nice. Um, oh, and then, uh, yeah, the other guy, Rival Town, um, uh, Mike, I hit him up on Facebook too. We had a few, he's a Canadian, so we had a bunch of um, mutual friends as well. Um, and then on the bridge of that song is uh, the vocalist from In Fear and Faith, uh, Scott Barnes. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's really good friends with uh, the guy who runs Blackgate Records, and he set that one up. That's so right. a, bit of a, a bit of a roundabout way to, but a bunch of different ways I kind of got through it. So mutual connections, just random shots on Facebook and, and uh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, the record's out this Friday, volume one, maybe next year. What's that title uh, come from or mean? <laughs> uh, so I, I was a little bit on the fence with like what to call it. So be, I, I wanted to either just leave it as volume one or kind of volume one colon some sort of chapter name. Um, I was really on the fence and the, uh, the artist who did the artwork um, kind of had the idea that he's like, well, why don't you kind of like combine the ideas of having a volume one and then uh one uh maybe next year is uh the main hook line in the song one year later um which again was uh again using the theme of covid covid project yeah was about this idea of being trapped and essentially we're now one one year later or maybe next year is kind mm -hmm. of like the theme um from when i started recording to when it's actually being released so 
just kind of the concept of like time and, and being like the chapter name to the volume one. And then, uh, obviously the next release, next EP will be volume two, probably some, some other title. And I'll just keep doing these different installments, getting different feature artists involved and, and continuing to do this and down the road as well. That's cool. Yeah. You have more in the works Are you started writing already, or is it just like focus on getting <laughs> this done and seeing how it, people respond before going forward? Yeah. So, I, uh, I'm always writing songs. I've been in like, like a creative drought the past few weeks <laughs> or past few months, I should say, just once I started releasing the music, I was, I was so focused on promoting, like yeah. doing things on social media. How do, how do I get it promoted that? Like, I really struggled to like write songs. Like I basically have a riff library that I'm trying to like blend together right now, find things that feed into each other. Um, but, um, yeah, going forward, like I, I started to like get more song ideas and, and be a bit more creative recently, um, demoing more things out. So once, once this, uh, is released and I've promoted it and, and given it the legs it needs, I'll start, uh, demoing things out again, um, reaching out to people. The cool thing with the process now is now that it's a bit more established, it's, it's got a decent listener base, um, and a bit of a following behind it too. I now have artists that are actually reaching out to me saying, Hey, I'd love to get on a track. Like, nice. Hey, hope you think about like me, like if you want to do more stuff in the future. So it's cool that it's starting to like reach a point where, um, it's not just me like reaching out to people. It's uh, I'm getting like other artists, other vocalists saying like, Hey, I'd love to like do that track with you. Like I love what you've done so far. So it's cool that it's kind of reaching a point of that. That's cool. Do you have like a wish list or a like, holy grail like list of artists who are like if i could work with them <laughs> that would be like the best <laughs> yeah i think like uh like the number one artist that like has been a huge influence like on my writing and kind of like uh like super inspiring for me from like uh, alternative scene standpoint has always been silverstein like uh, so like if I could get like Shane <laughs> to do yeah. a track, like that that would obviously be peak, but obviously that's that's a super big stretch. Um, but like yeah, this is obviously super heavily influ influenced from that like two thousands warp tour yeah. scene. So um anyone that can capture that vibe and capture that feel and the that sort of lyrical tone, it like anyone that can recapture that is is who I'm interested in working with. So um uh i got a short list on my phone of people again who I, I think are achievable so um a combination of people who've already reached out to me and other people who may not know who i am but hopefully now with a uh, the bit of success it's gotten and notoriety that like it'll be easier to get people on board yeah. and and uh not be as much of a sales pitch as it was the first time like mute mute there's ways for music and, and different projects to exist with the way the internet now is like um, a big thing for me uh, as a musician growing up, um, it really seemed like the only way to be a band was to tour, to perform, do music videos. Whereas now with the power of the internet, uh, hey, if, you, if you've got a day job and, and you want to find a way to, to re release music, you, you've got the power, the tools to do it. It's uh, People are just happy to, to listen to your music these days. And um, I think there's a lot of people out there that may have feel like they've given up on their music endeavors and music journeys and aspirations, but Hey, like you, you can still work your nine to five and put out music that gains a following gains a fan base. And like, to me, that's been super rewarding. And I hope that there's other people out there that can 
um, follow that same sort of model and get satisfaction from it. Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening.